Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. This morning, I want you to take your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew chapter 12. I'm starting a new series this morning called Say What? So I'll give you a moment to kind of get on your uh, Bibles, devices, Matthew 12. How many of you are glad that they introduced the pumpkin spice this week? You're weird. Do you know that? It's 100 degrees outside. What are you thinking? We need to be drinking Gatorade. That's what we need. So... uh, uh, so I, I've had this on my preaching plan for a while, and uh, so I had it last year and just couldn't find the right slot for it, And uh, but I feel like this is kind of the right time, and I haven't really done kind of a series on the tongue, speech, and words before, so... Uh, in this series, over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about what the Bible says. You know, it's, the Bible says a lot about our words, speech, heart, and walk with God in relation to our witness, lifestyle, and testimony. Uh, you think the Bible only talks about, you know, things that we consider big things, adultery, stealing, those kind of things. But the Bible has a lot to say about what we say, okay? Uh, so each week, we'll be looking at what the Bible says about this. But we're going to be looking uh, at many of the negative verbal expressions uh, that people, you know, have. Uh, gossip, backbiting, lies, not telling the full truth, exaggeration, sedition. Whining, complaining, jealous tongue, angry words, impulsive speaking, profanity, insults, inappropriate sexual thought, and jokes. You can't wait for this series, can you? We're going to talk about positive verbal expressions as well, encouragement, affirmation, the importance of telling the truth, providing counsel to others, being a peacemaker, the importance of prayer, scriptural declarations and decrees, speaking blessing to others, and healing words as well. There's a lot of ways that you can use your tongue for good. Matthew 12, uh, Jesus talks a lot. He gives a great kind of uh, uh, doctrinal background for the tongue and the heart. He's talking to the Pharisees, and I want to read that here. Uh, Matthew 12 and verse 34, it says, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? Look at this. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Got it? Is that on the screen? Say that with me. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings up evil things out of the evil stored in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word They have spoken. Got that? I'm going to read it again. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted. By your words you will be condemned. Jesus says a lot of things right there in just a few verses. First of all, 
He calls this group of people snakes. Snakes are known for poison. They are killers. Their poison is a killer. These guys are evil in their heart, and the evil that's down in their heart and soul is being reflected by what they say and what they speak. And he's reminding people, you know, that there can be good, there can be bad, but it all comes from what's in the heart. He is reminding us, as we know in Proverbs, that life and death are in the power of the tongue. We can kill or we can give life as well. He says, and I had you repeat it, for the mouth speaks of what the heart is full of. So words that come from my mouth in actuality are reflections of my heart. They represent the thinking of my of my heart and the words are a reflection. They expose what is going on deep down in our spirits. So positive or negative, good or bad, godly or evil, what, what comes out of our mouth is a reflection of the heart. And then he reminds us that on judgment day, you will give an account for every word that you've spoken. All right? The recorder is recording, okay? And, and there'll be a day that you'll stand and he will give you, he'll give you an account. You'll have to give an account for what you've spoken. It's not deleted. The recorder is continually going. It can't be erased. Kind of like a screenshot. You know what a screenshot is? Why do you take a screenshot? For a permanent reminder of something that has happened, all right? God's taking the screenshot. The recorder is on. It's always recording. We give an account for every word what he said. So how many words do people speak in a day, a year, and a lifetime, all right? So this is from The Guardian in London, England. The average woman speaks 5,000 words per day, the average male speaks around 2,000 words. I am not going to provide any commentary to that. I'm just going to let the truth of that sink in. That is not my thinking or my experience. Let me say that comes from one of those British newspapers. All right. It says working males average 2,000 to 3,000 words a day. Working females, 10,000 to 20,000 words, all right? Both average about five to 700 words of actual value, all right? <laughs> so both of us are guilty of having a lot of filler, you know, go, going on. So let me just break that down for you. We're giving an account of every word. So if the average person, I just took the median between male and female, 3,500 words a day, that would be, <clears throat> let's see, uh, you know, 1,207,000, I don't know, 127 million. Uh, I, I've met, I can't read my notes here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was multitasking this morning. This does not even make any sense. So ultimately, let me just say this. Over the course of a lifetime, it's 9 million words, okay? Over the course of a lifetime, okay? 9 million words. Some of you 
you're 35 years of age and you're hoarse. You have already worn out what God has given you to last a lifetime. All right? You're praying like, what's, what's going on? I'm telling you, you need to hush a little bit. Talk less. And all your friends and families and coworkers say, there you go. All right. We give an account of every word. James 1.26 clarifies this for believers. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Those who consider themselves to be religious and do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and they, their religion is worthless. So, our, our words are constantly being judged in relation to our walk with God. He said, if your speech is horrible, but yet you come to church every Sunday, you deceive yourself. You're just, it's just a game. It's just a show. It's not about your attendance or what else you do. He said, if you want to know really down in the depths of your heart about someone's commitment to the Lord, it's reflected in their speech. He said, you deceive yourself and your religious acts are worthless in God's sight if your mouth and your heart is un, uh, has no control. Psalms 143 and 3 says, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord, and keep a watch over the door of my lips. Set a guard over my mouth and keep a watch over the door of my lips. So, Words are the reflection of our hearts, good or bad. But the tongue has the capacity to silence or stop what the heart is thinking. The tongue has the capacity to silence or stop what the heart is thinking. All right. I love this quote. It always makes me laugh. All right. It is better to be thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. I love that. I love that. It's better to be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. His prayer, the psalmist's prayer, was set a guard over my mouth. Keep a watch over the door of my lips. I want to tell you something, but our goal is not just to build a bigger fence over our mouth, a bigger door. It's not just to catch words more effectively. The ultimate goal is that our heart would be more like Christ and it would be, you know, uh, more pure. And then the words aren't flowing to my mouth all the time. That's the ultimate goal. We don't want to be better at just biting our lips in times of trouble, right? That's not our goal. It's just to stop saying things. The ultimate goal is to take some evil parts of our heart and let God work on them where those, those, those words are, are flowing to us. Ten out of the, two out of the ten commandments to refer to sins of the tongue. Of the seven things that God hates, three of them have to do with your tongue. It's been a problem for a long period of time. How many of you, when you were younger, you ever heard from your parents or relatives, if you're not careful, I will wash your mouth out with soap. Raise your hand. Good Lord, what kind of families were you raised in? I just thought it'd be like one or two. All right? <clears throat> be honest. 
How many of you, raise your hand, ever had your mouth washed out with soap? Raise your hand. Oh, my goodness. Well, some of you I'm shocked. <laughs> Megan Walker, I'm shocked. Others, I'm not shocked. I'm just not shocked. All right? The psalmist says, May the words of my mouth and the reflection or the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, my God. The other passage used the connection between thoughts and words in a negative way. But the psalmist here says, let the words of my mouth, let the meditations and the reflections of my heart be pleasing to you, O God. And I want you to know that can happen as well. So each week, we're going to look at Neg some negative words, how they impact us. We're going to look at positive words as well, kind of work ourselves through this list. So, so let's, let's look at some negative words this morning, impact of negative words. Psalms 12 and 18 said, The words of the reckless pierce like a sword. The words of the reckless pierce like swords. So, he talks about the person first, this passage. The words of the reckless. This is a person that has no discretion, no capacity to stop what they are thinking when they are upset. There's no filter. There's no red light. You ever say that to your kids, filter, filter, filter? You know, hey, watch, watch what you're saying. That This person, he says... The, the words of a rec, the reckless, it's a person that has no capacity to stop. When they are angry, whatever hits their heart flows out of their lips. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, okay? Maybe a little uncommon to us today, the analogy, but back then there was no weapon that was more dangerous, more sharp, more piercing than the sword, the words of the reckless, those that have no discretion, no capacity to filter and stop, they, they pierce like swords. Now let me say, damage is done to people when we speak reckless words. And there are times that they don't just get over it in an afternoon. There are times that reckless words, the, the damage done by reckless words are long term. Now, I'm gonna, they're going to put a, a, a quote up here, and I want to see if you agree with this. A negative message embeds deeper in the heart and mind than a positive one. You agree with that? Think about that. Let's leave it up there. A negative message embeds deeper in the heart and mind than a positive one. Isn't it amazing? People can compliment you. They can say nice things about you, and that feels good couple of hours later, it's gone. You let somebody say something negative or harsh or hurtful to you, and it sticks a long time. It sticks a long time. The words of the reckless pierce like a sword. There's long-term damage to those who cannot control what they say. The Bible mentions this. But science also affirms this as well, that negative words affect on a deep 
psychological level and they have, you know, a significant impact on the outcome of our lives. Dr. Maria Richter, she wrote an article called Do Words Hurt? And here's what she said. Ultimately, negative words, whether spoken, heard, or thought, not only cause situational stress, but contribute to long-term anxiety. Negative words. Positive words just kind of... They just kind of go away after a while, but negative words stick for a long period of time. The study proved that negative words release stress and anxiety-inducing hormones in subject. There is a psychological and emotional impact when we are the recipients of, of uh, harsh words from reckless people. I want to just give a couple of um, applications here. Let me talk to parents especially fathers, because Ephesians 6 specifically mentions dads when it comes to how we speak to our children. <clears throat> and it says, fathers, don't be provoking your children to anger. Don't provoke your children to anger. So sometimes when we get upset as parents, sometimes there are legitimate reasons that we get upset we start with harsh words. They are continual. Sometimes we don't say what we mean and just move on. They are continual. They are harsh in tone. They are loud in volume. And it goes on for a period of time. And I want to say something here. Sometimes that's the way we speak to each other as adults when we get upset. You know, that's just that kind of you know, kind of confrontational and harsh in your volume. But sometimes in the ears and the mind and the heart of a seven or eight-year-old, it lands much differently. It lands much more aggressively. You're thinking, this is just the way we do confrontation. That may be the case with adults, but children see it completely different. It's much more aggressive. It's much more harsh. It's much more intrusive into the, the, to the mind and the heart. I want to say too, when a child hears reckless words from people that love them as well, all right, it impacts their self-image and their long-term self-confidence, okay? We are shaping, if we're not careful how we do this, we are shaping the self-image and the self-confidence of our children. It's when they're very young that this, this kind of thinking is formed. And when, when a reckless person continually takes the sword to a child, then over the course of time, they will start thinking bad about themselves, their self-confidence, their, their self-image. They get deep hurt from people that they love. And I want to say this too, and this is why Ephesians 6 is there. I want to read that again. Don't provoke your children to anger. If words are seeds, what kind of harvest can we expect back from our children? If we're continual in harsh and reckless words and loud volume and continual in tone, okay, over the course of time, then don't be surprised if coming back from your children are hate, anger, and bitterness as well. With the seeds you plant can be the, the harvest that comes back to you relationally. So he says to dads first, watch Watch the harshness of what you say. 
I want to talk about the appropriate boundary in a moment. But he says to dads, watch the harsh tone of what you say to, to your kids. I want to give another application here. Man, I'm not picking on you. This is the New Testament this morning. I didn't write it. Colossians 3. Husbands, love your wives and don't be harsh with them. Don't be harsh with them. Harsh words, continual, it kind of never stops. A harsh tone, you know, loud volume. You know, we get angry. You know, sometimes it's justified. I'm not saying not everything is justified. But you can't expect harsh and hurtful words over a long period of time to not have any impact on your marriage relationship. You can't expect that. If she is cold to the touch, she doesn't want you to touch her at all, well, she may not trust her body to the person who continually slashes her with his tongue. Oh, we're going to have fun in this series, I just want to tell you. You didn't know when you saw this series we were going to get to sex, did you? But don't be surprised if you speak down in your words and you're harsh all the time and your, your words are dismissive and they're hurtful. And then Friday night at 10 o'clock, she's not on the same page as you are. Don't be surprised at that. Don't be surprised at that. I want to say, too, maybe you're here this morning and you've been the one that's been hurt or affected by reckless words over the course of your life. You, you, your self-image, your self-confidence, you feel like has been shaped by people who spoke negatively and harsh things to you. And I want to say too, in some cases it still hurts. Time doesn't always heal all wounds. Sometimes some of you are processing things that people have said to you and there's an emotional reaction and you're sitting there going, what is going on with me? I'm just telling you because the, 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 the damage to the sword, it just doesn't go away overnight. Some of you realize maybe, man, I've been, I had parents, I have friends that, you know, that bullied me and it just, it, it, it kind of affected me. We're going to, we're just going to kind of do some prayer for that uh, at, at the end of the service. So, the reckless person, that the person that's reckless pierces like a sword, and he, he rebukes that, okay? And, and, he, and he talks about harshness, and I want to say tone, volume, you know, continually. We don't let things end. We're using all kinds of adjectives and adverbs. We're very harsh. I know some of the New Testament is to men, but that admonition is to, is to everyone in how we speak. Let's take a moment and look at the impact of positive words as well. Encouragement and affirmation. Encouragement and affirmation. And, and the New Testament has a lot to say about using our words in this way. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Encourage one another and build each other up. 1 Thessalonians 5. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive Encourage the disheartened, those that are down, those that, that you know of, they're having a hard time. He said, let that be your focus. Encourage them. Hebrews 3.13. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. Encourage one another daily, regularly. Romans 12, 
when it's giving a list of giftings, it says if your gift is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, give generously. If it's lead, do diligently. He's saying if you feel, you know, like, man, just encouragement's on your heart and mind, then be intentional with that. Make it your, make encouragement your ministry. Make it a priority. That's Romans 12. If your gift is to encourage, then make that a, a priority with your life. Words of affirmation. They are compliments, encouragement, support, kind words, uplifting words, words of appreciation and thanks, words of care, understanding, compassion, approval, and admiration. Proverbs 16 says, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Wow. Your words can have a deep-rooted impact on somebody, healing to the bones, down deep in someone's heart when you say a, a, a kind word. It said it's sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Affirming words show thoughtfulness, compassion, and concern. Affirming words. You're the best. You are amazing. How do you do it all? That was a great meal. Thank you for all that you do for my home and my family. We want to be encouragers. Life and death are in the power of a tongue. And encouragement, you don't have to read a book or have to, you know, have to have some kind of certificate. And encouragement just comes from the body. When we, when we see something, we just, we just speak it. We know we just speak it verbally we want to use our words to lift up and encourage and and support affirming words should come from the heart they should be sincere if you say to your husband well thank you for finally taking out the trash while technically that would be an affirming word Okay, the tone and sentence structure might be a little off, okay? So, man, we want to be encouragers. Science affirms, again, what the Bible, what the Bible teaches. Andrew Newberg, Thomas Jefferson University, words can change your brain. He says, furthermore, according to experts in their field, exercising positive thoughts can quite literally change one's reality. By exercising consistent positive thoughts and speech, we can not only change someone's self-perception, but how they perceive the world around us. That's what, that's what the Bible is teaching us. We can change someone who's always been beat down with their words. We can speak words of life. And I want to say too, I, these won't be just normal words, okay? When the people of God are speaking words of affirmation, man, I just think, I, I think there's something spiritual that are attached to those words. There's something deep that God can use to bring some healing to them as well. Affirming words can affect behavior as well. It can, it can bring hope, breathe hope into someone's life. Now, let me, let me go back to the parents for just a second, all right? This doesn't mean, like, that you can never correct or teach them. That, 
or, or never be upset, okay? Nobody is that spiritual not to be upset, okay? All right? So that's our role. That's our role as parents. But I just want to remind you how powerful your words are to kids that aren't as emotionally mature as you and I are. Their hearts are tender. Their hearts are new. They haven't, they haven't been scarred by life at this point. So we, we want to make sure every time that there is a, a time of correction and teaching, even when we are upset, that we conclude, we conclude that session with our kids with, hey, I want you to know I love you, and before I leave this room, I want to hug you, okay? All right? That's the, what, whatever you need to say, we don't want to be harsh. And, I, and listen, we, we need to correct our kids. We're not, we want to raise a bunch of snowflakes, right? We don't, we, don't want that, we don't want that to happen, all right? So we need to speak, you know, we need to speak to our kids, whatever we need to, you know, whatever we need to say. But I think it's good. I just tried to do this with my own kids. When we're done, and it's that intense moment to go, hey, I want you to know I love you. I love you. And, and hug them. And I think that's a powerful reminder to them, look, my behavior was bad, but my parents love me. They don't need to go to bed at night wondering if there is some kind of distance in the love and the affirmation that is way beyond the maturity, uh, that is way beyond a maturity, the maturity of a child. So let's speak words of encouragement and support. The book of Acts says, uh, and the worship team can come talks about a man named Joseph. Acts, his name is Joseph. Joseph had this kind of unusual characteristic as he was very positive. He always saw the best in people. He always spoke affirming words as well. Joseph was, Joseph was one that just said, hey, you know what? Hey, it's a great day out there today when it's raining. He just had that, he had that capacity to see the, the, the positive in people. Hey, Hey, you know what? I know you're not feeling well, but I'm praying for you. You're going to make it. Hey, I know it's a hard time for you, but I, I want you to know, man, I'm behind you. You're going to make it. I just want to say thank you. Man, that was an unbelievable meal. I want to say thank you for what you do around the church. And this man named Joseph, he had this quirk, this characteristic of just encouragement. And it was so prominent in his life that they even gave him a nickname. They called him Barnabas, which meant encouragement. They gave him a nickname. They didn't call him Joseph anymore. They just started calling him encouragement because that was just part of his life and his heart. When he saw people who were down, when there were things that people were upset at, he always had the right word. Let me tell you, you don't always have to have a prophetic word, okay, but you can always have an encouraging word that can have just as much power and impact on people's lives, okay? So that's what, what we want to be. We want to be like Joseph. We want people to know us like, man, they're, they're encouraging. Man, they just, when, when, when you're around people, you just lift people up. You lift people up with your words. Reckless words pierce like a sword. But words of encouragement and support bring healing to the heart and the and the bones. And I want to say too, you never know what people have been through. You never know what they're going through day to day. 
They might smile on the outside, but they're broken in their heart. And they need the people of God just to speak positive words. Hey, I know you're going through a tough time. I want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm, yeah, if you need anything, but you're, you're going to make this. I know it's been an unusual season, but I just want to tell you. I just want, to, I, just want, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm there for you. I just want to say thank you. just want you to know how much I appreciate you. Those words are healing. Those words are healing to the bone. So who is someone that you can encourage today? I'm going to ask you to make a list, three or four people, okay? And over the next day or so, a text, a call, whatever, someone who... Who is someone that you can encourage today? Who's someone that you can encourage? Okay. You don't have to have a theological background. You don't have to be a wordy person. You don't have to have a position in the church. But man, you can speak words of life to people. Just encouragement. Is there someone in the church that you know, man, that could just use a word of encouragement? Is there someone at work that you know just going through a hard time? Man, you've kind of been praying for him, been concerned about him. Man, Encourage Family member just needs some encouragement. I'm just asking, make a mental list. Three or four people over the next day or so that you intentionally just reach out to with a word of encouragement. Just, I want you to know I'm praying for you. I want you to know I'm standing with you. I think you're a great person. I want to thank you for what you've done, you know, for me. We want to speak words of life. They are sweet to the soul, Proverbs says. They are, they're, they're like honey to the soul. They're healing Healing to the bones. I want to close this before we do baptism this morning. I want to close this with prayer. And I want to just challenge everyone. At the end of our life, and God gives a report card on our words, who passes and who fails? What does he say when he judges our words? Some of, to some, this may need to be something that God works on. I mean, you're not out robbing, thieving, or running around but you dismiss what's coming out of your mouth. And God reminds us that's important as well. Maybe you tend more toward angry and and reckless words, okay? So we're not, again, not asking God to just help our tongues to be a barrier, but we're asking the Lord to change our hearts so that those thoughts are not there. I also want to pray this morning for those of you that have been hurt or affected by negative words. You know, you carry that long term. I'm going to pray, man, that impact's going to be released. You are not what other people have spoken. You are what God has spoken, okay? Your self-image, your self-confidence, your ministry, what you want to do in life is not framed by the, by the uh, uh, reckless words of an angry person. They are formed by the word of the Lord. You are called. You are anointed. You, God has saved you. God can heal your heart. And you can walk in the newness of what God says about you, not the old ball and chain of what you've known in the past. And I want to say, too, there may be some of you that as we pray, you realize that your tongue has been harsh. All right? You've said some things. Now I want you to ask forgiveness from God. But I also want you to go to people as well. Don't let the pain of that sword just lay in people's hearts when you can go, hey, I said something, I did this, and I want you to know I apologize. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that, okay? Silent forgiveness before the Lord is one good step. But if at all possible, verbal restitution and asking someone forgiveness, I promise you that can bring healing to the heart 
into the relationship. So would you stand this morning? I want to pray. Then we're going to just do baptism this morning. So, Lord, I pray. I pray. Lord, as we are challenged by your words, by your word this morning, Lord, we pray. We pray today, Lord, that you would change our hearts. We don't want to be just better at catching bad thoughts. But, Lord, there's a purifying that you want to do. Lord, you want to change evil to good. And, Lord, I pray for those that are dealing with angry words that come out. Lord, that is a sign of something in their own heart. And I pray today there'll be a, there'll be a transformation of the heart, not just being better at catching words, but, Lord, transforming our heart that we're not thinking those words as well. I pray over that, that we would grow in that area. Lord, I pray in our speech, in our thought life. Lord, I pray. I pray for those today who've been hurt or affected by negative words. I pray for those, Lord, that there's pain still in their heart, maybe from a parent or in their past or spouse. Lord, I pray. I pray for healing today. I pray for healing today. We're not going to walk by how other people have defined us. Lord, we go by you and your word alone and we walk in that liberty today so i pray for healing and freedom today and lord i pray i pray that you would speak to people lord if they need to go to someone and ask forgiveness i pray that you'd put that in their heart today there's some relationships verbally that need to be cleaned up lord i pray i pray that that can happen and then i pray lord that we would just be people of encouragement lord putting someone on our heart that we can lift up encourage today, Lord. We want to be like Joseph, like Barnabas. That encouragement is just part of who we are and what we do. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.